Welcome to our podcast, A Real World Discovery of Guest Experience in the Hospitality and Lodging Industry, uncovering a mixture of technologies and human-driven initiatives that are raising guest expectations and forever changing the guest experience across the hospitality and lodging sector. If you are interested or involved in the travel industry and are passionate about creating unique guest experiences, join us as we talk to experts in the industry to learn about the future trends and how you can set yourself apart from the competition in 2021 and beyond. So, so Brian, before we get into this week's guest, um, I want to talk a little about last week. You know, we, you know, we had Simon on, and I, I'd love to get your initial thoughts. I, you know, now that you've had some time to kind of think about it, um, I, I got to tell you, it was not the episode that I was expecting at all. Uh, and, and, and Simon is not someone I've spent a lot of time with, but obviously like anybody in this industry, you know, you've gotten to hear him make some keynotes at some big conferences and, uh, but just g- give me, give me your, uh, your, your take now on, on some of, some of what we heard from him. So it was actually a really interesting conversation. Uh, and, and once we stopped recording, it took me some time to digest everything that he was Putting out, and one of the things that was really interesting is when we discuss guest experience, we view it a lot from technology. You know, from technology in house. Um, one of the things that actually really struck me was the fact that we need to look at it from back down to the basics, delivering things on a home level, on a very personal level, and it's just basic fundamentals of being able to deliver something simple like a letter or a paperback book and the value that it brings, right? So guest experience can be as complex or as simple as we want to make it. And it's the way that we present it to our guests. And again, it goes back to what's your vision for your company? If your vision is to be a very hands-on, one-on-one type of property manager with your guests, you're going to want to make those phone calls. You want to introduce yourself. Uh, you want to hear the feedback. You want to present things like your guest book. You want to make those personal. Or if you want to be a super hands-off type of property manager and deliver very high-touch guest experience through technology, you have to know how to implement those type of things inside of your home. I think it was a complex conversation, super interesting. I think we could have probably gone on for three or four hours talking about some of this stuff easily. He's got a ton of knowledge in the industry uh, and, and a lot of things that we need to take back home and, and say, okay, as an industry, where do we stand? How can we improve? Does it go through education? Uh, and what resources do we have locally to be able to add to what we're doing? Yeah. What's your thought? Yeah. You know, so um, I, well, well, first of all, let me say, I, I really appreciate the fact that he came on and really just, gave it to us brutally honest, right? Like, you know, he could have come on and said, oh, we've made, you know, all these great strides and guest experience and this and that. And really, I mean, he just came on and he said, we're as bad at it. I'm going to summarize. And he he would probably say, well, I wasn't that critical, right? But we're as bad at it as we were in 2005 and 2021. And I'm sitting there thinking, God, how is that the case. Right. And, um, but I don't know, like, I think you could argue with him on the fringes, but I don't know that I would just say, Oh, you, you know, you throw up my hands and go, you don't know what you're talking. Like, I mean, there is, there's a case to be made that it hasn't gotten any better. And, um, and I think that is the challenge because 
if we want to scale, right? Like some of these people who are turning to technology. It's not because they're, they're geeks and they just tech out, you know, they geek out about all the newest tech. It's they're like, look, I, you know, the way I built my business to your point, I didn't build it for all this labor and we're going to call all these people. So I've got to find a way to scale. And I don't want to just manage 30 homes. I want to manage 300. And, you know, and because of that, they're trying to, implement solutions, you know, the way, the only thing I would say I would push back on him is, you know, a little on the tech side is part of the reason I think we've turned to tech is because we've failed to implement the human solution. And so we're like, look, if I can't get a person to ask for a review, then I'm going to get a piece of technology that will ask consistently every single time for a review. I, you know, and I'm not saying that's right because maybe we should have just said, well, maybe I need better employees or I got to train better and I got to do all that. But I do think that's part of why we've turned to technology. I think you're absolutely right. That's the that's the reason we have developed technology. We're a little bit behind the ball. This is why this episode, these episodes are really cool. Is we are trying to deliver or figure out what guest experience is. And with Simon, we've uncovered that we're still trying to explore exactly what that means. And we have absolutely no idea. It does depend, again, it's a very business-to-business or host-to-host type of situation. And it depends on the guest. It depends on the destination and ultimately the type of experience that you want to deliver. And so that's why I think GuestX is a fascinating podcast because we're going to get so many different visions from different people across different industries um, that are going to give us different answers. And what I hope people take from this type of an episode is that you'll pull apart the information that you think is relevant to you, and hopefully you'll apply it to your business. And that, in turn, is going to create your guest experience. We can't tell you what guest experience is for your company and what's right. We can give you the tools the technology, the people that are implementing it and let you make the decisions that are right for your business. And that's why I think that episode in particular was so interesting. Yeah. Well, well said. It was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, again, appreciate Simon coming on. He's, he's very busy. He's traveling now, I think back to traveling uh, all over the world. And uh, we, we appreciate the time. So it was a great episode. Okay, Brian, well, let's, let's get into this week's show. I t- tell you what, another, another week, another really incredible guest. Not many people can lay claim to being the co-founder of the largest operating company within, you know, a, a segment of travel, but uh, our next guest can, he can claim that and a whole lot more. That's right, Matt. Today, we have one of the pioneers of our industry, Cliff Johnson. If you guys don't know Cliff Johnson, he is now the vice president of new homes at Realtor.com, previously the chief commercial officer at Rented.com. Previous to Rented, Cliff was most notable for being one of the co-founders of the largest vacation rental management company in the world, Vacasa. Uh, Cliff has also served on several boards, including TripGrid, Dweller, and the Vacation Rental Managers Association. Uh, Cliff has been around for quite a while, and I'm sure we're going to learn a lot of really cool stuff from him today. Hey, Cliff. How's it going today? We're really excited to have you on the show, uh, especially with all of your experience in the industry and the years that you've had here uh, as one of the pioneers. We uh, can't wait to start this chat with you. 
Yeah, it's my pleasure, Brian and Matt. Uh, it's uh, you know always fun to talk about guest experience. I, I spend a lot of time talking about rates, so uh, it's a refreshing change of pace. <laughs> That's awesome. I think what we want to do today is really get your perspective on guest experience. What does guest experience mean to you? And uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, that's great. It's my pleasure. Um, so really, for me, I try to think of it in the widest lens possible. So thinking about it from when that guest first starts thinking about taking a vacation, how do they know to find you? And when they do find you, how do you create a first a good first impression on down through the booking process, through the pre-check-in communication, and then to that, you know, hard transition to the actual check-in, making sure that first impression when they get into the home is uh, both meets their expectations and hopefully a little bit of exceeding those expectations as well on down to the rest of the stay and the post-checkout experience. And I think a lot of people will excel in one area um, but ignore the others. So I think, you know, trying to think of that whole experience and then carry that person on down into becoming, you know, a lifetime guest host, hopefully that's where you can really, um, turn the, the positive experiences that you spend money on into lifetime customer value. And so, yeah, happy to, to cover all or any of that today. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely fascinating. It's, it's cool to hear Matt from different, you know, industry leaders, <laughs> Um, their perspectives on guest experience and where it starts. So thank you for giving us that intro. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking, Brian, well, you know, we the, the the guests we've had, you know, a lot of them kind of talk about that kind of holistic view now of, of guest experience. I think that is part of the challenge, right, is it's not one thing, like you said, Cliff, and it doesn't really start and stop. If you think of it on a continuum, it, it, it leads you right back. It, it kind of ends right where it started, and then it starts back up again. But, um, you know, I'm interested before we kind of get into that guest experience today, but just, you know, to hear from you, you know, Brian and I were on, uh, before you joined us, before we started the, the show and we were kind of talking about like how crazy it must've been to be able to say, yeah, I was there when Vacasa had one house, not a hundred, not a thousand, like one house, but, but like, take us back to that moment. A lot of people like, you know, they didn't even know what they, when you were starting vacation rental, like literally building this industry from its infancy, a lot of people, you know, didn't even know what vacation rental was, but I'd love to hear like, were you, were you guys even thinking about guest experience or were you just trying to, you know, just, you know, was, or was guest experience just getting the house clean and making sure it's clean. But I'd love to hear yeah. in that evolution and what you saw over your years, you know, since then and where we're at, where we're at today. Well, it's actually going to be surprising to anybody that doesn't uh, really know the origin of Vacasa, that guest experience was actually the reason that Vacasa started. Uh, so, wow. Uh, Did not yeah, know when, that. Yeah. When Eric and I got together, um, so Vacasa didn't exist yet. Eric had another business that was Oregon Green Solutions, which we could talk about sometime. Or if you have Eric on the podcast, it'd be a good story. But um, we he had a property, him and his wife, in Long Beach, Washington, 
was a little 400 square foot property that actually had dirt floors before Eric put real floors in it. And so it was, uh, you know, a really basic modest home. Um, but one of the experiences that both of us had prior to getting together and starting this was just a really cumbersome experience for booking properties. So kind of getting back to that, uh, top of the funnel experience for guests, uh, back at that time, very few properties were online bookable. So you had to send an inquiry, hopefully get a response. When you did, there would usually be an inquisition on why you wanted to stay at their property and then a 75 page uh, contract to sign and fax back to them. So the process itself from a guest experience standpoint started off really poorly. And then there was a lot of inconsistency like on down from there. I guess reviews were not as prominent as they are now. Um, VRBO did a lot to help that, but then I would say Airbnb, um, even more so where the, the volume of people who, or the percentage of people who review now is much higher than it was, you know, 12 years ago when we started Vacasa. So I would say that the, you know, there were a lot of basics that just weren't being taken care of in some regions of the country, people had to bring their own sheets. Um, in many cases, very little supplies were at the home. So one of the things that we focused on from the very beginning was just making it relaxing for guests to show up, know that all the supplies they're going to need during their stay are there, know that the basics are going to be nailed. Like it's going to be a clean home. Everything's going to be functional and that the booking process is going to be easy. So our first, um, tagline was vacation rentals made easy. And we really tried to think of it through that lens is like, what are the, what are the things that guests don't want to think about when they arrive at a vacation rental? And so that's where we really focused our early efforts. Wow. That is absolutely fascinating. That actually takes me back to my days of property management a little bit too, because when we started, we started with one house. We didn't scale to, you know, 16 countries the way you guys did. But, and that's, <laughs> oh, that's only 14, right, Brian? You're, you were at 14 when you exited? We had about countries? 60 houses when we exited. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? It's and I'll 60, tell you what. 60 more than I've ever managed. I'll tell you what, it was so difficult to, because you're not just managing the guests, you're managing the owners, owners' expectations. Yeah. And there's so many facets to it. And, you know, there's different business models, but it is, you know, we used to manage our things with spreadsheets. Um, like you said, Cliff, I mean, bookings were really difficult. I remember the first time we were doing it, we were doing it on using AOL. And so you'd hear, you know, the, the, the tone and then we'd receive our emails and inquiry would come in. And like you said, contracts were really complex to where it's come now and, and how we're delivering it. So absolutely fascinating to hear that you guys basically went through the same process that a lot of PMs are going through. Uh, had gone through then and where you guys got to now. Yeah, and I would say that owner guest experience alignment is a really key piece because okay. we had to make deliberate decisions about which owners we were going to service. Um, you can imagine for a lot of, uh, so, uh, you know, a common misperception as well is that we were out taking properties from the best managers. In most cases, we weren't. The, the homeowners are really loyal when they find a manager that really takes care of them and does a good job with the guests, the majority of our homes, about a third were coming from people who were self-managing a third were coming from people who had never rented before. This was during the um, recession, like people coming out of the recession. So there were people who owned second homes who didn't need the income previously, who all of a sudden thought, Hey, it might be a good idea to start generating some income off this home. And then the last third, I would say we were largely pulling homes away from people that were missing 
something, either on the revenue optimization side or on the quality of care side. And so it really was, um, you know, interesting to see, like, as we'd pull these owners in, depending on where they were coming from, they might have a lot of bad habits that they wanted us to replicate. And we, we had to draw a hard line and say, hey, we're not going to make guests inquire for every stay. And I remember we would make some exceptions. One of my favorite ones, uh, there's a, a guy named Art who owns some breweries in Portland, super nice guy. And he has this oceanfront house in Manzanita, Oregon. And he never wanted the property online. And it was really interesting because he could still book it really well uh, back then, at least for the summer, without having it online. And we, we worked with him for a while. And it was one of those things where when we were sold out, we would send pictures of his house via email to prospective guests, essentially. And wow. eventually, you know, we amicably ended that relationship just because it was so far outside of our process. But just to think about, like, I'm not sure how he does today. He might still have plenty of repeat guests to keep it full. But that the concept that that would even exist and be uh, somewhat normal at that time compared to 12 years later, you know, is, is really interesting to me. <laughs> that is really interesting. I guess my next question going from there is, you know, 16 countries and thousands and thousands of houses maintaining the same guest experience branding throughout the entire company, especially when you go overseas, how did you guys manage to keep it so concise, so, so tight and be able to deliver the same experience throughout, you know, whatever destination people were traveling to? Yeah. I, I, I kind of coined a phrase early on in Vacasa that stuck that I called standardized flexibility, which was uh, basically understanding what are the things that are common across all vacation homes, regardless of if it's a budget property, a luxury property, any location, urban destination, international, whatever it is. Um, you know, some of those things are really basic. Everybody needs toilet paper. Everybody needs shampoo. The house needs to be clean. Things need to be functional, et cetera. So whatever we could standardize, we would, but the way to do it, uh, we had to be flexible and housekeeping is the perfect example. Our preference was to have direct employees and to be able to keep them busy around and retain them and, 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 uh, and actually, you know, give a path for people to join us as a housekeeper and grow into a senior housekeeper, potentially move into local operations so that we had really nice career paths that would attract good candidates. But ultimately, we had to give enough control and flexibility to the local teams to execute against our expectations because managing housekeeping in Aspen was wildly different than managing it in, say, Portland, Oregon, where you had a much bigger labor base to pull from. So we had to allow for the flexibility to execute at a high level. And internationally, that became, I would say, I gave even more leniency to my international teams to figure out how to make things work. Maintenance was a good example on that, where they're you know, we could afford to have a full-time maintenance person pretty early on internationally and pay people above market. And that was a real value add to our owners because, and it was saving us a lot of time on the operational front. And you can also imagine if the further a guest is traveling, they're typically more nervous and have higher expectations of their stay. So Costa Rica was a good example of that. We would always touch base with the guests ahead of stay in Costa Rica. 
where we rarely did that for people going from Portland to the Oregon coast because they didn't really want to be bothered. They, they booked the house they wanted. They just wanted all the information they needed. They want to show up to a clean, functional house. In Costa Rica, they wanted a lot more information about what to do. And so we needed to allow that flexibility for that team to provide those services. Matt, this goes back to one of our previous conversations, which is you know understanding your market and your guests and where they're traveling to. Um, I think we talked about this extensively. Because if you understand those touch points, guest experience varies wildly depending on your company, your company's brand, your objectives, but more importantly, where your guests are coming from, where they're going to, and what you're trying to deliver to them. Yeah, no, no question. And that that was kind of what I wrote down because, you know, I think a lot of times in this industry, I think, you know, there's been some key people like Cliff who certainly have driven guest experience for our industry. But I, I think we also, we always have to, you know, to some extent, our guest experience is being driven by guest expectations. Guest expectations are different today than they were 15 years ago. And so you're, what you've got to do for a guest experience, well, that, to your point, Brian, that changes across in you know, different countries, but even different states and different cities and um, and where your people are coming from. And so I think that is important because what may be four or five star in one market, you know, you may not have to do in another market. And so understanding that and how to, how to execute it on, on it operationally, I think is, is really difficult. Cliff, you know, we, we were talking earlier, you know, obviously now you are spending a lot of time, you know, in rate, which look at the end of the day, that's what all this comes down to, right? We've got, you know, you know, what can you get for these homes? Um, what can you charge? Uh, everybody wants to, you know, maximize their rate, rightfully so. And there's a lot of different aspects of that. You know, you've got the stuff maybe that you can't change. You know, where is it in relationship to a beach? Whether or not, you know, you mentioned your homeowners is actually one of the things, you know, homeowner guest experience alignment is critical. Like that'll be one of my big takeaways from this. I, I love that. But, you know, how how does guest experience, you know, these softer, and that's where I think it gets tougher with rate, right, is is kind of the value add type stuff. How how do you, one, as, as a, somebody managing properties, you know, how do they, how would you recommend they go about taking that into consideration in their rate, and and how does a group like Rented take that into consideration of something that's just not you can't just apply an algorithm to that, right? I mean, that's tough. Yeah, there are, are components that are objective. Uh, review score is one that I obsess over because it's it's always relative to your competitive set. So. If an entire market is delivering uh, a lower quality guest experience, then you're you can have a, a lower standard, I guess, and still do uh, be at the top of the market. But one of the things we look at quite a bit is, you know, in markets that are really competitive from an experience standpoint, if Airbnb is a major distribution channel, for example, like being a super host versus not being a super host could have a, a substantial impact on your revenue. I mean, I've seen it be 20% or greater on an individual property, you know, being correlated to that. And uh, bad reviews are basically a death sentence for a property. Nobody wants to touch it. And so I think there's there's a fat middle of, you know, where people have, let's call it using like the Airbnb scale, having a 4.5 point to 4.7 in Airbnb is not that good, you know? 
Whereas that used to be a good review score on a scale of five on other channels. And so I, I do see people pushing towards a higher standard, but there's also like a little bit of that being arbitrarily inflated because of the, the dual sided review process they have there and everything. And so long story short being that there's pieces of it that are objective like reviews. And I think you need to nail that piece first because it's something that every guest is going to see. So if you are not getting good reviews now, and I would say 4.8 or higher, um, should be a minimal standard on the scale of five. If you're not getting that, you need to keep working on it until you're at that point or above. Once you're there, what you really want to work on is people calling out your company specifically, people in your company that they made a connection to, because that is the subjective side that will really give people confidence in booking through you where they see that, you know, there's something special about the experience that you're providing that others aren't. And I think some of that can also be um, more tangible in terms of like, if people are offering Explory and you get added benefits that are really tangible, like that's one example of it. If you're offering a local gift basket or something for every stay. But the thing I would caution against on that side is making sure that the extras that you're doing are repeatable and consistent and not setting yourself up for failure. Um, and we tested a lot of things at Vacasa and it was really hard to pull things away once we saw there wasn't a clear ROI on it. And so I would say, be very careful about what you advertise unless you plan to do it forever. You know? Yep. I think you guys had a challenge, which was a good challenge. You guys went to some, I mean, multiple markets, right? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of uh, things that you can implement internally, if you're planning on staying on a local market and that's that's your goal, it's much easier to execute on some of the you know welcome baskets and things like that. So yeah, I would say guest experience does not get cheaper at scale. Um, there's operational processes that do get cheaper, like for example, uh, the ability to keep housekeepers busy and and retained gets easier as you have scale. But delivering on a really quality guest experience, if you just try to find a way to do it cheaper, you often find a way to do it worse right. as well. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and I think that is, that is a tough, uh, a struggle for, you know, a lot of these operators is, you know, what do I handle and what do I outsource? You know, if I decide something's important and I guess it's, you know, to your point, I mean, can you, you know, ideally, if you can do what, you know, if you can own your brand standards, you know, the more you can control them, then the better off you can be. But that's only true if you can deliver. And then I think it's it is just, you know, we talk about a lot, Brian and I on this show, but it's about being honest with yourself, you know, and, and who you're trying to be and and what you can actually pull off because, you know, as you get smaller, yeah, you, you, uh, you've got less homes to do it in, but you also have less resources to do it with. So I don't know that it gets any, to your point, any easier at the top or the bottom of that, uh, that scale. Yeah. Especially if you want it to be a, a special experience for someone, um, the more generic you get, the less special that becomes, you know, if you're giving someone, I don't want to like throw a brand under the bus or something, but let's say you're giving someone goldfish at their stay. That's far less meaningful than like giving them something with a uh, local and unique, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you're, I think the temptation, if you're a company like Picasso that's scaling really uh, large is to simplify those processes. And rather than to try to deliver 
a local gift everywhere to just give everybody goldfish because you could probably negotiate a really good deal with that. And that's not what they do, but (laughs) it becomes, and the biggest thing I see, and I have experienced this a lot when I stay at vacation rentals is that people will give a nice gift, but forget about the basics. So if the house isn't clean, uh, a nice bag of coffee doesn't solve that, (laughs) you know? So it's like, make sure you're nailing the basics before you start spending money, time and effort on the extras. Yeah. Great advice. Great advice. It is great advice. So we've talked about a little bit, you know, enhancing the guest stay with added local, you know, amenities. What about enhancing guest stay with activities, being able to provide, uh, you know, local things to do or being able to purchase? And is there a path to revenue there as well? Yeah, I think this is a really interesting one. And I think this comes back to uh, the earlier point around knowing where your guests are coming from and why they're coming to your market. And so I think, you know, Matt, you and I have talked about Dollywood and that being such a big draw for people coming to Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge. I mean, people are also doing a lot of other things there and that gets a lot more fragmented, but Dollywood's a really common attraction. So I think they're, uh, or if somebody's coming to Orlando, more than likely they want to visit one of the Disney parks, you know? So I think really understanding and not ignoring the core reason that people are coming to your market that might've become like old hat to you because you live there and you're like, Oh yeah, another person wants to go to Disney. But I think like Cassiola is a good example. I think that's done a really good job with making, making the Disney experience easier for guests coming in there, you know? And so I think those big ticket items are important to execute well, like really understanding why people are coming there. The more unique the market, or I would say the less there's like one big draw, I think it becomes a lot more challenging because you're going to have people coming for a variety of reasons. And so we experienced this in Costa Rica as an example where some people wanted to come and learn to surf. And so we had connections on those local experiences. But then you're also tying yourself to the experience that those local providers are delivering. So you have to constantly stay on top of did they change staff? Are they still delivering a good experience and make sure you're reaching out to your guests and understanding, you know, whether they uh, would recommend that experience to other people, that type of thing. Um, but you know, there's so much different things that people can do in Costa Rica that we would also try to connect them and get to know the guest, and rather than just bombard them with a bunch of marketing, like, hey, you should add all these experiences, first, like, make that connection with them and understand what they'd like to do on their trip. And then uh, once you get an understanding for what somebody wants, you can tailor it more. Now, if you're going to go that far on guest experience, uh, you really need to offset it somehow with some type of revenue share or arrangement. I mean, in some of these cases, we ended up doing things in-house because we just had so much demand for a particular service or experience that it made sense to hire somebody to do that and just, uh, or, you know, set, set up a separate entity essentially that executed on that. And I've seen uh, another good example of that stay Charlottesville, uh, Travis Wilburn set up wine tours because of so many of the people coming to Charlottesville wanted to do these wine tours and it was hard for him to really uh, coordinate with others. So he, you know, set up another entity and, and did that really well. So I think there's really a lot of great examples out there, but it's really gets, comes back down to understanding your market, what's special about it and where people are coming from and why they're coming there. Yeah. You know, and I think you touched upon something. This may, this may come across as strange from the, you know, the guys 
running a company that, you know, a big piece of what we do is kind of that value add of providing some, you know, complimentary uh, tickets to local attractions. But, you know, I think sometimes, you know, if you can't, you know, it doesn't always have to be the grand gesture, right? Like just simplifying the guest experience and making it easier for them to find what they want to do, book it, you know, getting just like you said, getting help on recommendations. Like, I, I think if you if you do wherever you stop your guest experience, if within that level of guest experience, you do it at the height, you're better off almost than the group who's doing the next level of guest experience, but they're doing it at the bottom. Right. So like, yeah. do what you do and be right at that top of that level. Hmm. No, definitely. And find the right partners that. Yes you know, make it and make it easy for people to uh, transact with those partners. Cause I see that sometimes as well, where, um, you know, managers might set up an arrangement to uh, help you out with an experience, but it ends up, you have to jump through a bunch of hoops to do that. So, and that's where I think, you know, something like, uh, like your platform where you can buy the tickets as part of the checkout experience or after that, just making it easy, like keeping that in mind, that guest, well, you'll lose a lot of people if the funnel has too many steps. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it goes it goes back to what you and Brian were talking about, right? And you guys have been doing this longer than I have, but I remember five years ago when I when I came to Explore, I remember reading an article and it was like, you know, the average booking took took like seven emails and two phone calls, right? And that was a <laughs> huge improvement from when you guys were doing you know, first starting. And so like if you can, you know, that's a great example of where just making it more streamlined is in, is in and of itself a better guest experience. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think that it's, I, I keep having these experiences personally where I uh, try to squeeze in like getting something taken care of, like between two meetings or something like that. And it takes too long and I abandon it and I'll never come back. To it, you know, And so I think, it's easy to put yourself in the shoes of your guests who are trying to do this. I would say it all comes back to uh, the first thing that I think that managers forget a lot of times is the number one driver for why someone is staying with you is often either the location that your home is in Orlando. That's usually the case or the specific home that you have. And so Kind of remembering that as an anchor, I think, is always important. And there's a lot of attributes if they're, you know, if they're booking for a specific home. It's generally not that Cliff manages it. Like that's usually a secondary factor. So if there's a factor about the home that drew them in, like it's a secluded home in the woods or something like that, try to tailor the experiences to the experience the home is delivering in that case. Or in the Orlando case, like tailoring it to the, the major things people go for, whether that's Disney, golf, or, or whatever it might be. Good advice. Yeah. No. As, and as we start to wrap up here, um, Matt and Cliff, give um, if, if you were to give some advice to our property managers, give us top three things that they should be thinking about in their business as they, as they either scale or think about guest experience and... and um, how to implement it into their business. Yeah. Number one is take care of your housekeepers and then you'll have clean homes. There's a, it's a pretty, it sounds really simple, but it, it is. And then taking care of housekeepers doesn't mean just paying them well. 
it means, you know, basically committing to, uh, making sure their experience is good and not stressful and overwhelming and providing them just tools and resources they need on that side. And that like, I usually would be my one, two, three, right. But number two is make it easy to book on your site and make it, make sure your policies are equal to or better than the policies that you're distributing externally. And as an, you know, directly related to this, I would say, making sure that people can equally get the experiences through you and your site. And when they book through you that they could through any OTAs or outside services, I think Airbnb experiences is a really great place to look and see like, what are the things that people are doing a lot in your market, you know, where they have a lot of them and some locations, they don't have that many, but it, it, it is a good way to look at Hey, this is what people may be doing or thinking about when they come stay with us. So those are the two things. And the third is I would say test with surprise and delight. So don't, before you start committing something as something you're marketing and trying to get a value out of that way, test with, let me put this in the next hundred reservations and see if people really value it and care about it. Because if they don't, there's an opportunity cost there. Uh, you have finite resources to spend on guest experience, et cetera. So making sure that when you do spend that money, that guests appreciate it. And there is a wow factor involved before you make it part of your standard guest experience. That is some awesome advice. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not bad for uh, life, Matt. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting here going, you know, how often do you get to hear from the co-founder of what is now the largest property management company, I think in the world now. And, and he, and he just kind of laid out, you know, the, the consulting costs on those three points alone, uh, you know, could, could, uh, could probably fund a second home for Cliff. So, uh, I mean, that, no, but it is, it's, it's hey, my consulting costs for managers are free and for, uh, for private equity firms is a lot more. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Charge the people who have the money. That's, that's, yeah. that's a, that's a good thing. Well, I, look, Cliff, we, we thank you very much. And, uh, you know, look, not only for coming on, but just, you know, everything you've done for the industry, I, I think it goes, sometimes it's, it's taken for granted the, uh, you know, the big hurdles that people had to get over and the hills they had to climb to, to get this industry where it is today, where frankly, a lot of us, you know, we feed our families with it. And, um, and so, you know, thank you for that. And, and also for the advice, because um, we'll all be better if we can continue, I think, to push people's expectations and to exceed those expectations. Um, you know, I talk right now about with our clients about, hey, look, you know, not every year is going to be like 2021. Like we've got tailwinds, but if we don't convince these people that this is you know, an ongoing way of the way they may want to vacation with their families, like it can go back to where it was, you know, we can lose a lot of these people who are, you know, trying vacation rentals for the first time. And, um, oh, 100%. I, yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's great. And I would say like the other thing that I always tried to make sure I give credit to is that so much of this was done well, like, so to kind of, we were talking a little bit about how uh, Simon Lehman is a good friend of mine. It's really pushing guest experience and hammering on people for, you know, like, don't, don't screw this up because you're screwing it up for all of us. But there are so many people who have been delivering on a great experience for a really long time. 
And these are some of the people where you hear that they get, you know, 80 plus percent direct bookings because they just have people that have such a wonderful experience to come back year after year. So like uh, Maureen Regan was one of the people that I really uh, connected with early on in my career and Michelle Aquavella out in uh, Seattle. And, you know, there's people that have been just nailing this for a while. So I think but my advice is I learned a ton from all the people like through VRMA, VRM Intel, like a lot of these different resources out there. So go out, seek, uh, be humble and, and learn from everyone. <laughs> so Cliff, one thing that you said that, it, you know, it's, it's got me thinking about is, you know, have we, and some of our prior guests have, have at least insinuated, if not outright stated, you know, maybe part of the problem is that we, we've overcomplicated the guest experience. Like in our effort to deliver everything, we're delivering very little or, or nothing great. And um, I'd love to get your thoughts on that because, you know, you do have to find that balance. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you completely. I would say, um, if you're not I, coming back to my uh, comment around your review scores is kind of a nice North star. If you're not hitting a four, eight or above on those, it's probably time to go back to the drawing board, do a clean slate, kind of strip away all the complexity and look at how do we start cleaning homes well again? And how do we start making sure our homes are well-maintained again and building blocks, you know, so rather than, um, adding a hundred pieces of software to automate everything, which, you know, may, may work. I mean, I I'm all in favor. Like my big thing on automation is automate the things that don't add value with a human touch. Mm -hmm. So sending someone a lock code with a personal touch really doesn't add a personal touch. So like automate your lock codes, change them between guests, please. And, and do that part, you know, but when it comes to the things that, you know, making that real connection with a guest, I think really nothing replaces a personal outreach on that. And not every guest is going to want it and definitely don't force it because you could end up having a negative review if you're, if you're in their business, so to speak, you know, but it's, it's really getting back to those basics and it comes down to just making sure that you have the right people on the ground that really care um, and that are doing a great job of taking care of the home and, and not expecting your team to be wizards. So there's very few people I've met who are amazing at housekeeping and elect electrical work and plumbing and everything else, you know? So don't expect them to be more than more than they should. And, and I think anything back to your point is just get to those basics. And do you have good processes? Do you, uh, and if you do, then you can build upon that and add complexity over time. But, you know, adding too many um, different tools and, um, you know, potential ways to screw up is, is also, you're going to fall on your face that way. That's awesome. So if people want to reach you and your company, Cliff, tell us how we get in touch with you guys. Yeah. Um, well, uh, either Cliff at Rented for me directly, Cliff at Rented.com or um, marketing at Rented.com, sales at Rented.com. Anybody's name, basically, <laughs> is a good way to reach us. And then we have a live chat and everything, too. So a lot of, a lot of ways to contact us. Awesome. That's it for this week's episode of Guest X. Be sure to sign up for our email list at guestxpodcast.com. That's guest, the letter X, podcast.com. And follow us in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss our next episodes. We are Brian Hamali and Matthew Loney signing off. 
and reminding you to always create a guest experience worth talking about. See you soon. It kind of helps you figure out where is this in the grand scheme? You know, is this something we need to tackle given what we're trying to do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, just thank you. I, I, it, we could probably do this for another hour and talk about, you know, marketing and PR and positioning. And I do think it is something that because guest experience has become, you know, going back to the beginning, you know, really. 360, right? From the time they book until they're getting ready to consider, the time they're looking till the time they're getting ready to start looking again. I think that's why it's almost become overwhelming to people. And, you know, understanding the one thing I'm going to take away from this is really understanding that filter through which, you know, those decisions should be made and making sure that that filter is aligned with what you're actually providing as a company is a good way to kind of break it down into some some pieces that allow it to be digestible. For our vendor partners that are out there, if you could just, how would they get in contact? If, you know, if they're a technology company that's maybe getting started in the industry, there are a lot. I had two that contacted me over the past week that are apps. And I'm like, I've never heard of this app, but you know, there's a lot of bright minds really getting into this space, some really cool stuff. But how do they go about reaching out to you? Oh, that's great. There is so much going on. And in the time that I've been in this space, you know, it's it's changed and it's so exciting. But they can email me on my email is jessica at abode-pr.com or look me up on LinkedIn, Jessica Gillingham. And, you know, I'm always happy to have a chat with startups or established companies or whatever. And I also plan to be at Verma this year if they let me in to the U.S. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, I'm, I'm always very happy to chat with any any companies. I also love talking to property managers just to, to, you know, we don't tend to work with property managers, but I love talking to them to find out more about what their challenges and pain points are. So I'm always happy to, to speak to property managers as well. Yeah, and I imagine understanding their pain points helps you better position exactly. and tell that story for these tech solutions. And I uh, can personally speak to the fact that Jessica is very responsive on LinkedIn. I think, in fact, I think the first time you and I actually first communicated was I had, I had commented or sent, sent you a comment about an article you had written that I, I really enjoyed. And, and it was early here. So it was like, it was nice. It was like mid afternoon, I think in the UK, about five, 10 minutes later, I got a response. So it's been great. Well, thank you very much. We, we're thrilled to have you. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank, thank you, you both very, very much. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. It's been great. That's it for this week's episode of Guest X. Be sure to sign up for our email list at guestxpodcast.com. That's guest, the letter X, podcast.com. And follow us in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss our next episodes. We are Brian Hamali. And Matthew Loney signing off and reminding you to always create a guest experience worth talking about. See you soon.